Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with healer, yoga therapist, and Reiki master, Anissa Hudak. As a yoga therapist and the founder of the Trauma Healing Yoga Therapy Program, she guides others in the use of effective science-based yoga therapy and other holistic techniques for the management of healing all symptoms related to PTSD and trauma for people who want to control their PTSD and not allowing it to control them. Originally from New York, she is now based in Manhattan, Kansas, and not only is she the daughter of a Vietnam veteran, she was also married to an active duty member for over 20 years. She is a huge advocate for education, empowerment, and advocating for oneself. She has great stories and wisdom. Enjoy this interview. Hey, thank you for taking some time out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a day off today? So it looks like with what you do with your life, it's highly dependent on people being around you. And I'm curious, my first question to you is, how did you do during COVID? How did you survive it? And how did that time period change what you do now? Well, I actually went online before COVID. I actually closed down my private studio space prior to COVID. And so the only thing that COVID really did was um, showed people that they could actually do things online. And um, it just made the need even more. Now, has there been a, a, a sizable uptick with people needing your services now that we're kind of coming out of it and the pandemic is slowing down? Absolutely. Um, you know, being quarantined and housebound, um, you know, people had a lot of time to look at four walls and really um, do some in a reflection, and just the pandemic itself created, you know, quite a bit of trauma and PTSD, um, being housebound and quarantined and what have you. Um, and so, yeah, there has been a definite uptick. Even as, you know, COVID is waning, um, people are still dealing with the aftermath of it. And, and I'm curious with what you do, which you have to give a lot to your clients, how do you parlay between what you need to give to effectively help somebody and then also take care of yourself? I mean, you, you have, you know, you have emotional needs that you need to take care of while you're also doing the same for others. How do you balance that? Well, it's the old oxygen mask adage. Um, whenever you fly, they tell you, you know, if we ever lose cabin pressure and the oxygen masks come down from the ceiling, you always put yours on first before you help the person next to you, even if it's your own child. I really take that to heart. I make sure that I take care of myself. Um, that's paramount. I can't pour from an empty cup. Um, I also make sure that um, my family is taken care of. Um, you know, myself and my family are the priorities. And, you know, there, it's about really creating boundaries between you and your business and you and your clients. And you really have to adhere to them. So I can see on paper what you do for a living. I have an understanding. But if you were in front of a bunch of grade school kids for a career day, let's say fifth graders, and one of them looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living and how are you qualified to do that? How would you answer them? Well, I guess if it was anybody else asking me that, I would probably tell them I make people cry on their yoga mats 
but um, <laughs> for five <laughs> for fifth graders, um, I have the awesome opportunity to help people at their worst to help make them better. What is it that you like the best about what you do? You know, obviously, when we all wake up, we have things that we're, we're doing with our lives. But what is it about your day that you look forward to the most? Being on the mats, uh, being on the mats and watching someone make a shift, seeing that aha moment, seeing the moment that they release something. Just, um, I love people watching. I love body language. I love facial expressions. I love uh, watching people. And getting to see people make that shift, whatever, they don't have to tell me what it is, but just watching that moment for them. I love that. I live for that. So in your capacity as someone that helps and heals people, you obviously have incubated a, um, a drive in you that, that's pretty, pretty big. Talk to me a little bit about where you grew up and what kind of experiences you had that led you to want to do this with your life? I never intended to do this with my life. This is um, just kind of how it happened, where I wound up. Um, and I, I grew up in New York. I'm from New York. I, I normally talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, it's funny because, you know, as a, a yoga therapist, it's not uncommon for me to say down dog and everybody chuckles, you know. Um, yeah. I was raped when I was 18. And for years, I went back and forth with um, talk therapy. And I never was able to really gain any real closure. I always had to co keep going back. And then I was raped again about six and a half years ago. And at that point, I had this education behind me, and I really decided, you know, okay, what would I tell my client in this scenario? Okay, now i got to go and do it. And that has really helped me realize what the needs were, what was lacking out there, and really create a program for women who are like me based on what I wanted and what I didn't see what that was available for us. So what was your dream when you were a child? What did you want to do with your life? What was it that you were looking to do? I was going to be a chef. Are you a good cook now? Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you could branch out, you know, you never know. Well, I'm really excited. Um, I have a 17-year-old son, and um, when I was getting ready for college, I had actually applied to the Culinary Institute of America in New York, and uh, that's where I had wanted to go. Um, but I actually didn't finish the entire process. And um, my life has shifted, and I, I actually became a paralegal, believe it or not. However, my son was um, last month just accepted to the CIA. So he will be going. You know, I will tell you real quick about people watching and, and this, that, and the other. Are you a sports fan? I am. Okay. 
So I was watching that Mets game, and I like to watch sports on mute, and I always like to watch New York crowds because those New Yorkers, it's just like, you know, when when they're waiting for, like, something to happen, they were down most of the game last night. They're holding their heads. They're just in total freakout mode. And all of them have these tall cans of beer. It's already cold out there, and it's just like I just love observing it. And even Yankee Stadium, it's like in a typical stadium when something happens, there's movement, but in New York, it's like octopi come to life, and everybody has nine or ten arms, and heads are bobbing. It's like it's this magnificent exuberance that doesn't happen in any other stadiums. Yeah, yeah, we're so. we're an odd bunch. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I, I I love it. I I feel I, I feel comfortable with that. It's it's great because you need to have that exuberance and. It's just, I mean, just even Yankee Stadium sounds different. When something happens, there's like this roar that's deeper, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and more intense than anywhere else. And it's it's great. That's the beauty of humans coming together for an event. Um, so I'm curious, for somebody that serves a role as a mentor and helping people out, who's your mentor? Who's a hero for you in your life? Ooh. That's an interesting question. Who is my mentor? Hmm. I think the women that I help. I learn far more from them than I think they learn from me. They mentor me. They teach me. They they show me what they need so I can help them and serve them better. You do Reiki, correct? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, I'm with three generations of women, and my, my wife, her mom, and her daughter, and they do Reiki. And when we met, we got married in 2019, probably about a year before that. They, I wasn't sure what Reiki was, and they said that they were going to do it. And I remember when it happened, you know, you get into that really, real relaxed state. My whole thing that I saw the whole time was cats. Like I was at a pyramid and it was like there was just teams and teams of cats. And I don't know when things happen in my life, but I am, cats love me and I love cats. I've just, I've, I've, but I always remember that magnanimous moment where there was like the central theme of what I was feeling. And it was very comforting with like cats. I don't know if it was going into a previous incarnation that I've had or where it was, but anyway, um, that was that was my experience, and it was very comforting. That's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. The cats and I definitely see eye to eye. Um, so, kind of because I do a radio show for for music, but I, you know, art's such a big part of our lives, and I think even over this pandemic, I think we all realized that if we didn't have the arts in some level or capacity it would have been a really, really hard time to get through, whether it was Netflix or visual arts or reading or, you know, music or any of that. I'm curious in your life and what you do, what's been an album or a book or something artistically driven that has inspired you, that you go back to, that you just really love? I would have to say my favorite book about what I do is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And, um, I loved reading it. I actually listened to the audio book um, because I, I'm such a busy person 
when I'm driving, I actually like to listen to books. And that's how I get a lot of my research and studying done and, and things like that. Um, so one of my favorites is Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score, magnificent book. Um, and I always reach for that. As far as music, um, you know, it really, especially on the mats, you know, music can play a huge part of what you're doing. And um, it really depends on who I have with me on the mats. When I worked with veterans, I had to be very careful. Um, I couldn't have any music that sounded Middle Eastern because that was very triggering for them. Um, for some of the ladies, they actually, um, who aren't veterans, they actually enjoy that. Um, there are folks who only want to hear music that has um, the English language. Um, there are folks who only want to hear instrumentals. Um, I actually trained in music for 10 years. I sang. I was um, a first soprano with an alto range. And so for me, music is... Um, in my life, it's in my blood. And from any day, um, I mean, I can listen to Missy Elliott to Great Big C. I mean, I'm very eclectic. Love jazz. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all over the place when it comes to music, but it's definitely a part of my life in, in a very daily manner. It is most definitely therapeutic. It is the one language I think we can all agree on and um, find some common ground with for sure. Um, yeah. What's been the best fan letter response that you've gotten from somebody for your work, something that you really remember and hold high, high in high regard? There were a group of us women on the mats one night, and there was this one particular gal. She, she had a major shift, and she started to cry. And a lot of people are embarrassed when they cry, especially on the mats. And um, I actually do this thing where I cheer for them. I keep crying. Get it out. You don't have to carry it anymore. Just keep crying. You're doing great. Keep crying. I cheer. And all of the women around her said the same thing because they had been through it before. And they knew what I was going to do. And so they all chipped in and they all just cheered for her. And she cried even more, and, and then it was almost happy tears to a point. And later on, she sent me a message, and she said, not only was it amazing that she had had this shift and was able to release, you know, this uh, baggage, but the fact that I made it okay, that I cheered for her, that everyone cheered for her, and it was such a safe and warm and loving caring environment, it was supportive, she could do that and not feel ostracized and embarrassed and shamed. She said it was probably one of the most therapeutic moments she had ever had. When you look back on your life, let's say tonight you have a dream and you run into your 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that younger version a piece of advice, and this isn't necessarily a question about regret, it's about dispensing wisdom that we gain throughout our lives. What would you tell your younger version? What advice would you give that version of you? Not to lose sight of who you are. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what you're made of. That would be my advice. 
So I kind of wanted to piggyback off the of mentors and ask you one more follow-up to that, and it's this. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you like to talk to? Oh. Oh, my word. There's so many people. Um, probably, I, I, mean, I would love to meet Emeril Lagasse, the chef. I know this sounds bizarre. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Um, Sean Korn, she is a yogini. I would love to meet her. Yeah, I guess that would probably be like the two main people I would love to meet. And maybe so, Andrea Buccelli. Yeah, absolutely. So... Everyone has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your clients, but ultimately you're the one that lives your life. You have a perception of who you are. Who do you think you are? I wear a lot of different hats. That's a really hard one because I, I wear a lot of different hats. I am the scrappy little New Yorker who doesn't take a lot of crap. However, I've learned in my years how to mellow it and how to be a little bit more PC about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just a scrappy little New Yorker. This has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thanks for taking some time out today. Uh, good luck with everything. And before I get off the phone with you, I want to make sure that anybody out there that wants to know more about you, your services, anything related to you, where is the best place for them to go? Well, I want to thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. You've asked some really amazing questions. Thank you. Uh, yeah, really thought-provoking, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so people can reach me at traumahealingyoga.com. And I am like a bad penny when it comes to social media, um, Trauma Healing Yoga. You can find me on IG, Facebook, um, I am not groovy. I am not on TikTok or Snapchat, um, but you know LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, you know all all the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, all the old standbys. Trauma yep. healing yoga. Right on, excellent. Well, hey, thank you again. Good luck with everything. It was great to get to know you, and I'm looking forward to putting this out for the world to listen to. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, music, and so much more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.